separated the church that Paul addresses boldly. He'll get into some other things like, you know, the, the wives and husband things and all this other stuff that's, that's in the back there. But that's, that's for another time, another purpose. What we're dealing with is coming against the, the, the heresy that's there. Now, next week, we'll be taking a look at understanding the person, the Holy Spirit. We're going to take a study on that. That's going to be our, our entire uh, night next week, and then that will be our last Wednesday night service of season nine for the year because of the way that faith is falling and how quickly things are happening. I was talking with my neighbor today. It's amazing. He believes it just now starting to come into their their peak season of things, and that's about a week or two behind. So they haven't, I mean, they haven't really started falling. They have been falling, but they haven't just, I'm afraid that we're going to wake up some morning and that all the trees are just going to dump on the ground because how they are. But uh, in all honesty, uh, with the transition of take that's taking place and the adjustments through the holidays that are very quickly coming up, we, we usually take a break around Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving's only three weeks away, folks. What, about four weeks from today, tomorrow? So it's time to get the, the dressing all ready up and all that other fun stuff put together. But anyways, uh, so next Wednesday will be our last time together uh, as, as pastors. But I uh, do want to remind you then, uh, we are fastly approaching uh, last Sunday together. We have a couple more Sundays, three Sundays together. And, uh, you know, it just clicked not too long ago that our last Sunday together was on Iron Chain Sunday. So my gift to you, an extra hour of sleep on Sunday morning. Well, hopefully you'll like me. <laughs> but... Uh, so anyways, there's some things taking place and happening, and I'm encouraged with uh, uh, the, the gentleman that will be coming in that will be doing the interim pastorate, great sense of humor, great guy, great heart for God. You're going to enjoy him. I mean, I'm serious. You're going to enjoy his ministry and what he brings as he prepares you and brings you through that time of interim and time for that new pastor who will walk in that has been leaning on pulpit committee in, so... Please note that. Okay, you ready? You got your notes. Um, I've had a really crummy sinus cold, so I'm, I'm feeling the sneeze today. We'll add that. That's going to be free. That you won't have to pay for. But I want to, again, get back to what I was talking about here in reference of Colossians. And uh, if, if you remember correctly, the heresy of the Colossians is that you've gotten these guys coming from Jerusalem. And, you know, they, they, they have just come at you in saying, you've got to listen to us and we will give you the right instruction. And you need, if you're going to come to Christ and be a successful, fruitful believer, your life has to carry all these rules and regulations and you have to follow certain procedures. And if you're not doing the right thing, well, then... Uh, you know, you're in a tough, tough place here. So, And and Paul really confronts this. He, he, he comes to them, and again, he's, he's talking to them. He said, what in the world are you guys doing making a, a new way of walking in him? 
this is crazy. How did you come to him in the first place? Now, understand that what how you came to him was in grace, but now you've turned it into law. A- and you came to him in rest, and now you're, you're, you're coming to him in trial. It's like you found favor from him, but now you're trying to please him in order to try to get something. How in the world is this working? He's saying, as you ha- as you came to him, you, you didn't have nothing. You, didn't, you, you brought nothing to the table. But yet he brings everything to you and receives you and accepts you how? As you are. He, he, he has become, and in that, we come to him. We come to him in that time. Why in the world then? Are you turning that acceptance around to something that you've got to try to earn? It doesn't work like that. We, we, you know, <laughs> the way you came to him, live in him. Live in him. Not in a new way of walking in him from what you came to him in, but in the way that you came to him, so walk in him. So take take a look, if, if you will. Let's just look again one more time at... Uh, these couple of verses here in Colossians 3, verse 12, it says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, who's he talking to? He's not talking about himself, he's talking about them. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Now, remember, we, we've, we've talked about uh, the reality of, of, of putting on and taking off. We talked about the dirty clothes and kicking them out. Well, he... He says, what, what Paul is saying is, I'm more interested, and, and, and well, take a look again at 14. He says, but above all things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, or a perfect bond of unity is another way of understanding that translation right there. When he says, above all these things, remember, it's the idea that here is all the new clothes you've been putting on, right? You, you kicked it off. You took off all the old stuff that was there, threw it off to the side. Now you've been putting all this other stuff on. And as you've been putting it on, the one final one that, that comes over all the others and, and ties them together, binds them together, is that love. Love. So above all things, he says, above all things, everything else that's on there, He says, put on love, which binds all the others together. And you remember that I liken that to cooking, because I I, I relate that. If I'm making meatloaf, and I put in the breadcrumbs and onions and a bunch of other stuff and get it all mixed up, and I don't put the egg in, guess what's happening? It just falls apart all over the place. But the egg binds it. Consider the egg I don't mean it's bad, but I figure it's a good way of looking at it anyways. 
what, what it's suggesting here, and this is the point, that if you don't have that, if you don't have love, all the others fall off. There's no binding. You can put as much of this stuff that he's talked about right here in verse 12 and 13, you can put all that stuff on you, but guess what's going to happen? If it's not, if it doesn't have love wrapping it over, it's going to fall off. So above all things, put on love, which binds all these other things together. Uh, again, don't forget, this lifestyle that we're, we're talking about is Christ himself. It's not you doing something, right, or you living according to certain world. Look, this lifestyle is, how can I say, it, it's not a thing called kindness, right? It's, it's not a thing called a, a heart of compassion. It's, it's not something else that's called gentleness. This lifestyle is Christ, period. Christ is this. It's not something we try to mimic or imitate or, or all these. No, it's, it's him. He is the love. He is the gentleness. He is the he's all of that. So even as the old lifestyle was, in, in actual fact here, you know, the independent person that I've, I've been, independent self showed up in many different ways. And, and, and Christ shows us in many different ways. Well, listen, we add to ourselves. It is that we have put on Jesus Christ. He is our life, and now we put on, well, we put him on in our lifestyle. That's the idea. So I'll say it again. It's not about things that we add to ourselves. I know, I, I know a lot of miserable Christians, because that's what they've done. They've added to themselves. They've been told they should do this, that they want to have this, they ought to do this. They're going to have this in their life, or they're going to get to heaven, or they're going to do this. So, so they go out and they, pr they, 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 they produce these acts, they produce these events, they, they follow certain rules and regulations and strict guidelines that you can't do this, you can't be that, or you can't go here, you can't go there, you got to go there, you got to be here. You know? And it's like, oh my goodness, how's that working for you? It, it hasn't. So... That's why he says, above all things, holding all things together is love. L let me put it this way. First of all, notice that he says it's the bond of perfection. It's the, or the perfect bond, the bond of unity, that which holds us then in perfection. I related it to a plant that has grown into what I would call a perfect plant. You give it a plant and a little thing of tomato plant, little juicy fruit, little pickle, little pickle kind of thing. You know, you're, you're proud as a peacock over how it turned out. And, you know, this is mature. You, it, it, it can't grow anymore. It's become wonderful. It's, it's, it's grown up. It's arrived. You hold up, for example, like I said before, an apple that has reached perfection of its growth. And we say, it's a perfect apple. 
right? Yeah, but that doesn't mean that it's not capable of corruption. We, we, we just mean that now it, it's ready, man. It's, it's, it's ripe, and you get a little juicy down the jaws about eating it or slicing it up and making a lovely apple pie. But when we say it's ripe, we're saying it's what? Mature. You don't want to tell your mom. <laughs> You're mature. How do I know? Because you're what? Sanctified. I mean, no, I'm not saying. But Paul said this. He said the mature Christian life is to put on Christ, put on love, and that holds it all together. Again, I'll just underscore it. God is love. Therefore, therefore, and I put out, therefore, all these things that we, we talked about are just nothing less and nothing more than really expressions of him who is love. It's the very heart. It's, it's, it's who he is. So if I put on Christ as my lifestyle, undoubtedly we are putting on a lifestyle of love. And Christ is going to be seen in all my actions, in all my steps, in all my words. So the question that we want to come back to is, okay, how does that actually work out? Because this is what Paul is addressing when he's dealing with the Colossians and the, and the heresy. And as I said before, where I want to take this really almost comes out of a negative effect. But that is saying, uh, you know, I've come to Christ. I've got to be compassionate. I want to be compassionate. But I don't want to forgive you. You know, when you do it that way, can I tell you what you become? The Bible calls them heretics. Um, do you realize what all these things, what, the, what they are without love? They are the, I hate to say this, but it, it's, they're nauseating, okay? They're, dis, they're the most disgusting things that you've ever seen. When, when people are, are, are pretending to be one thing, when you know in their spirit, they ain't that, you know? I, or, or, you know, from, I, I'd rather, can I say it? I'd rather deal with a sinner. <laughs> but don't give me this, this, don't give me the syrupy, sick, I call them, forgiving each other, gooey, goopy, and, you know, oh, you know, I, I just, oh, I, yes, I forgive you. Oh, God bless you. Oh, you know, I, do you know what I'm talking about? Am I, am I making any sense whatsoever? Is, is when it's an over-the-top, it's more of a performance than anything else, and it's just like, oh, please get them away from me. Listen to me, please, when I say this. The truth is, if you forgive somebody without love, you've hurt them. Have you ever been forgiven without love? It's like getting a knife put in your, in your hand. Christian, Christian forgiveness is unique. That's why when he talks about forgiveness, he always goes on to say, as the Lord has forgiven 
you. We, we talked about this Sunday, did we not? And how and what forgiveness is. This this isn't forgiveness simply because I've I've got to go. I've got to forgive you. That hurts to receive that kind of forgiveness, does it not? It's almost in its own way a kind of revenge, I call it. But I, and that that sickly kindness thing that I you're almost left wondering how to handle that. And I say that honestly because the person being kind is being kind, but. You wish that they wouldn't be so kind kind of thing. This, this is like, oh. But it, 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 it's a mess, okay? But remember the Pharisee who said, uh, remember his prayer, I thank you, O God, that I am not like other men. Remember that one? Okay. When you compare him to that list that he brings out, ah, he's pretty good. I thank you, oh God, I'm not like other men. I don't do this, I don't do that. I, you know, no, no, no. You know, he, I mean, he, he doesn't do the things that he's not supposed to do, and he has a few things that he ought to do, yeah. And, and you back off of him, and you're just disgusted by the list that he brings. But yet at the same time, he's pretty good if you can. Well, uh, see, those things are not done in love. Not done in love toward God and love toward man. That's the key. They're done as things, like apples that get tied onto a tree instead. They're not for real. Or as Paul has put it in 1 Corinthians 13, they are what? Clanging cymbals. All they're doing is making a lot of noise. love that Paul is talking about here, you only realize that this kind of kindness is after it happens. This other kind of uh, kindness that you hear about when, that we've been talking about, you hear it about when it's coming and you hear about it when it's going. I mean, it's just in that sense, long after it's gone. (laughs) Whereas if it's done in love, gentle, it's quiet, you hardly even notice it until it's over. And and you know, the fullness of this is that you've been exposed to the warm love of God coming through you. I, I hope you see the difference of what I'm trying to explain to you. You, you don't approach this by saying, well, you know, now you've got to do it this way. In circumstances, when things happen, the natural emotions rise, do they not? Oh, yes, they do. <laughs> I am still as human as the next person. And, 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 and I need to remind myself that I haven't sinned until I put it into action. What I mean by that is I act apart from God separated from God. I I act in my own way because of that. But what you are going to do as the natural emotion rises in that particular circumstance, what are you going to do? How are you going to handle it? This thing happens and you 
tongues. It's bubbling. It's bubbling. You know what I'm saying? So you're not going to act on impulse. Even if you're aware of the sensation, you're going to realize who you really are. You're, you're going to realize, I'll say it, the facts. You're going to realize that I am dead to this way of life. It was rolled away from me when Christ died, and it actually rolled away from me when I put my faith in the God of resurrection. That's the point. And even though I am feeling the way I am, this is not the real me anymore. You're not a <laughs> you're not gonna not feel things. You're gonna feel things, but you choose things based on something that's going on in here. And I'm gonna share that with you in just a minute. But here here's the thing. I realize that Christ is my life. And in that moment of time, you will know how you are supposed to act. I guarantee it. In, in, in the putting off of that mind, you will know in that instant the mind of Christ. Again, how does that work? Hang on. Because you're not going to be sitting down saying, okay, got to act nice because I know what I'm feeling and I know what I want to do, but I've got to act nice. No, 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 no. Understand, understand, this is the spontaneous rising of the mind of Christ within you to be himself in this situation. It is spontaneous, it's natural, and there is nothing phony about it. There's no kind of pretending that has to take place or an act of discipline that I'm trying to raise up myself in. No. We take off and we put on. The other key to this list is the word humility. Look, look, look at the verses again. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercy, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing. Look. And, and getting down, but above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. Okay, that's the key to the whole thing. How does humility, what does humility mean? Okay, what, what, what does, I'm not saying humiliated, I'm saying humility. And, and, and I say this because it means a deep sense of lifting. Grab that, understand it, because against our natural emotions, we don't want to feel lifted. I, I don't know. I want to feel powerful. I want to feel in control. So you've heard those those prayers from people, right? God, make me and, and that, that's really kind of psychotic, <laughs> because it's like they're assuming God, you know how great I really am. Could you just make me, you know, humble? Yeah, well, humility is being sensitive. That's all. That's all it is. You can't do anything without him. You can do absolutely nothing. What we maybe need to do is ask God to open our eyes to see 
how small we really are. Right? I mean, humility is the key to this. A humble mind that knows it can do nothing. Knows it is so small and, <laughs> and so helpless. Thereby, knowing how weak and how helpless I am, I am not shocked at myself that when I'm in a situation, I feel my weakness. Or I feel my weakness. Or I feel over. If I'm shocked when I feel my weakness, it means I didn't realize I was this small. Now that will wall right into your heart. When I am aware, I become fully aware of then this deficiency of Christ to fill in me those gaps. I can't know perfect strength outside of him. So humility becomes a key word in this list that we put on. It's all a part of putting on the Christ who lives in me, within me. Uh, but Paul, let's be real. Let's, let's talk to him a minute because what you haven't done, Paul, is you haven't answered a whole lot of questions here. Let's be straight up. Doing this or doing that or helping here or helping there, called to do this or called to do that. So, okay, I, I, say, I say yes to this one thing. And I know just how thin, because I choose this one thing, that I'm going to be stretching myself. So uh, I say no to the invitation. And there's a little voice inside me that says, if you were really so much of God, you would have taken it. You would have taken it on. You would have done it. But now you're walking around with wounds there and agony on me. I, I walk around in guilt and condemnation. So the next time they ask me, what do I do? Oh, yes, I will. Yes, 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 yes. And then a voice inside of me says, man, you're spreading yourself too thin. <laughs> you don't even have time for God anymore. You're just, you're just so, shall I take it? Shall I not take it? Shall I do it? Shall I not do it? Shall I live this way? Shall I live this way? Then, then we're always trying to figure out on top of that this, this thing that we call the will of God. So I, I, should I do this or, or should I do that? And, well, of course, Velocity heresy has it made here. I mean, they really do. You just go to these guys who had the inside knowledge and they told you that you were allowed to do this or that, and not this, or, or that, right? <sighs> I'm pausing because something that rises up in me when I hear this talk. Because of the, the questions through the years, there's so much that comes up in me about God's grace and what he's done and how he's so, you know, it's like Paul, okay, how do you handle life? How do you handle this life? All you've done is told me the basics of putting off my independent self and putting on God who is love. But what about all the rest of life? Well, if you've gotten what I've been talking about up until now, then you're ready for verse 15. 
It says this, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Pull this all together. The word rule there in the Greek language is play the umpire. Who wants to walk over this? Who wants to gloss over this? Who wants to hear what I'm being, what, what's, what's being said here? We're pulling this together. The Greek language there for the word rule means to us, we would translate it as play the umpire. In other words, let the peace of God play the umpire in your heart, our life. To me, that just brings it alive. So let me ask you this question. I'm, I'm a Sunday watch football kind of guy because it puts me to sleep. <laughs> but, I mean, when do you ever see an umpire? Honestly, umpires, well, they get mad at me for saying this, but they really don't do much. They just basically stand there until somebody does something wrong. And then they get more excited than all the players put together. <laughs> Flags go flying. I mean, they, they the whistle blows, and and you know, I don't know how many times that hanky's been used, but because there has there's something has gone wrong. If the whole game goes on correctly, they don't do anything. They're just there. You understand what I'm saying? So <laughs> now says Paul, let the peace of God be the umpire in your heart. Down within you, the peace of God. You will not even realize that you have the peace of God until you take a step in the wrong direction. Uh -huh. And then the peace of God will blow the whistle. You're going to know it. Hello, somebody? Listen. I want to get this right, what I'm about to say. He within me is my peace. And he is such a peace within me, I don't even know that he's there a lot of times. He's just there being himself. But let me walk in the wrong direction and suddenly... The peace is being disturbed as there's a whistle that's blowing through my spirit. Does that make sense? Then hear me, hear me, hear me, because I want you to understand what's happening here. You are becoming guided from within. Oh, that changes it. There are many areas that, and, and I'm going to say this, I hope you grab what I'm saying, because I'm not wanting to confuse you. But there's many areas that for me to do them would be, well, it would be wrong. For you to do them, it wouldn't be wrong. <laughs> there's, in 1 Corinthians, we're going to take a look at it some other time, in chapter 6, there's where Paul talks about all things are, 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 are lawful, but not all things are expedient. I won't be brought into mastery of, of any of them, whether they're right or wrong. Because for me, they're not. There's nothing in the Bible about it, nothing that's being spoken to about it, what this is, what it is, right or wrong. Or any, uh, but we have our rules 
And we have our regulations called the Colossian heresy. And Paul said there are some things that you should never do. But I can't tell everybody you can't do them. He said it doesn't apply to everybody. Let the peace of God be the umpire in your heart. Being led by the Spirit, by the peace of God. So in other words, I, I don't come to you and say, you can't go to this certain place or you can't do that thing over there. It's, it's not in the Bible and it's not really covered by the Bible. But I know that if I did that or I went there, my spiritual life would be harmed. It's that simple. But I'm not going to impose that rule on you. We are not ruled by an elite who says, well, I know something about this, but uh, I can teach you in this way, and, and you must not do this. You must do that. You know, it's a dangerous place. And, and that's what we've, I'll say this in, in, in the gentlest way I know how. We do it. I think the church has done it in the past with a great heart, but what they've done is usurped the Holy Spirit, and instead of the Holy Spirit leading us from within, we had to follow what the church says. Well, you know, it doesn't seem wrong to me, but, you know, the church says, so I got to do it. That's why it's why you need to get in the Word and study. But I, I'm saying this because we are to be ruled from the inside. And let me tell you something, when I did that, <laughs> did this, I'd hear that umpire blow the whistle. He doesn't have any, he doesn't put any, he, he knows how to blow that whistle. He doesn't need to. But if I see you doing that, I'm not going to say, oh, well, you know, I'm holier than you. I'm living more spiritual than you are. I, I don't do that. I just realized that the umpire, maybe at this point, or however he's, the umpire hasn't blown the whistle for you. He knows me. He knows you. And he knows what he's doing in me, and he knows what he's doing in you. So we're going to rejoice together, and that's why it says that the peace of God is what? That is the only, well, we could, I think, okay, take a look at the whole thing. Uh, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Okay. That is the only way, the only way for the body of Christ to operate is to be ruled from the inside. The only way the body of Christ operates. The, listen, I'm going to give you a statement here. moment somebody imposes from the outside, you don't have a body anymore. You have a regiment of soldiers. You understand what I'm saying there? The moment you cease to be led by the Spirit and instead you're being imposed on from the outside, you don't have a body anymore. You have a regiment. You have a bunch of soldiers. When you are ruled from the inside, there will be many things where we don't do the same thing. 
and I accept you, and you accept me, we are all ruled from the inside. Hello? Look, some people talk to me, and they tell me about this phenomenal country we're from. I, I, I enjoy good good beef, just like anybody else, but I don't like it. But we have different tastes. My wife has different tastes than I do. Okay? But, but what I'm trying to say is we have nothing to do with out here. We get all wrapped up with out here and over here and our misery. I'll just say it. How many, how many, how many believers? Okay. How many believers don't have a will of their own because they are ruled by someone or something else? They aren't allowed to think, only to obey what's imposed on them. Then, then, then you hear, "Do what the peace of God tells you." Oh, oh no. Because that person, then, oh no, he's taking my crutches away. And, and 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 demand that I walk? No, no, no. I don't want to walk. Just tell me what I need to do. That's the mindset that they're in. This is the epistle of Colossians. You are governed from within. That's the epistle. To sum it all up in what Paul is saying from front to back, he says, you are being governed from within. The Christ who lives in you walks in you in every area of your life. And you will know when to put something down and when to pick something up. Oh, yes, you will. The peace of God is what umpires our hearts. You will never find. You will never find after the Holy Spirit comes and acts. You will never find any putting out of pleasing to God. You know what I'm talking about? Like, oh, God, if this this is your will, then the fleece will be wet on top and the ground will be dry. And you, you know what I'm talking about, those kinds of things. After the Holy Spirit came, we don't hear of pleasing to God. In fact, after the Holy Spirit came, they were guided from where? Within. You will never find them seeking the will of God. They were instead guided by an inward voice. And as they used their common sense in the light of that voice, they would hear a check of whether I go or I don't go. And they walked easily. They didn't struggle. They were they were spontaneously through life. The peace of God being the umpire within them. One last verse, verse 16. Well, let me start there. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ rule richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another 
psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God by your prayers. Amen. Let the word of Christ richly dwell with it, with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I'd like to put dancing in there if I could, hopping up and down and stringing, you know. They walk spontaneously. It says what? From where? Within. Hear me when I tell you. He says, from there within you, from which you live and are guided. He says there is this rising constantly. There's a constant song, a praise, and a song unto the Lord. Ah, Fred, I, I, I wish, mm. I, I wish, I, my, my heart is for you to, to, to be able to walk through the day going crazy. Because there's a song in your head all the time. You get up in the morning and all of a sudden you're singing this song in your heart. You're not singing it out loud because, you, you, you know, you but something's in here and you're, you're hearing it. And you're going, where did that come from? You woke up because someone else is within you. And they're leading you and they're giving you something and sharing. So as a result, there's a song and spiritual songs and singing of thankfulness in your hearts and hymns. And, and, and you continue and live unto him out from him. Christ living his eternal purpose as he walks his life in you and not about things we got, but the expressions of the person who lives within us. It's not about things we got. It's about the expressions of the person who lives within us. And that is enough. Father, thank you for your word speaking into our hearts this morning, rising up spontaneously within us, the peace of God leading us. Yeah, we can reach a place where we push it back down and say, good enough, because everything out in front of us tells us something different, but you don't want to hear it.
And that's not looking for results. That's looking to you who is Jesus and knowing that you have us still in us still in us. And we're not living up to certain levels to try to please you, but to discipline our lives so that we have a peace in our hearts that we're doing it right because we'll just fall. The reality is it's the oneness of him who dwells and lives within us who is joined to us and we are joined to him. I pray that you will continue to lead lead them today. That you will continue to allow them to see and experience Nothing super spiritual, all those kind of things. But just the reality that you're leading them in this step or that direction. And when we go this way, the whistle blows. Uh Uh-uh. And we know this is God leading us in the right direction. And we So I pray, Lord, bless them love others around them in that pit of fire unbelievably resourceful I pray that you would help them in Jesus name amen we've got just a couple minutes actually well maybe we don't I wanted to purposely stop and ask if you might have some questions or some stuff you've looked at Any questions about about any of the stuff that we've been talking about or whatever, or maybe there's something uh, you might want to ask, and that's fine too. Just the Lord has an answer for all of us. I'll have Darwin answer it back there. But uh, anybody have a question or something you'd like to ask, or something that you've been thinking about, wondering about, looking at today? What about this? have this kind of time next week to answer questions. (laughs) Any questions? Anybody? All right. Would you stand with me then? How does it feel to get up? Good? Yeah. You see, it's not not about all these other times that we've had that we've gone way over. It's about how, how we end. Right? That's what you're going to remember. That's what I'm after. So anyways, Lord, bless them. Keep them. Favor them. Assure them. Raise them up. Increase them. Prosper and protect them. Lord, wrap your arms around them. Keep them safe. Lead them and guide them. Impart your health in them. Honor them. Bless them in their coming ins, their going outs. Bless them in all that your hand finds for them to do. Lead them and guide them. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Blessed.